why would God interfere into our life and give us a spiritual knowledge, spiritual interest, and then to have a love for our soul, uh, that's just, just beyond comprehension. Our message this morning is going to be in Isaiah 40, if you'll turn to the book of Isaiah, and it'll be uh, chapter 40, and we're going to start with verse 21. But before we start reading, we want to tell everybody who's going to get <coughs> excuse me, a CD or a tape that this is the first time in a month we've had service. We've come through uh, two hurricanes. Hurricane Gustav, and then uh, this one Ike, which really brought in some water in this area and a lot of wind. But the Lord has spared his people once again. I don't know of any of our people who have had any tragic or uh, real bad damage. Uh, the Lord has just kept his hand on us. And uh, I know there's people going to wonder uh, it, why would we have such a, a terrible, terrible storm? And the thing of it is, I know that God controls every little detail of it. And I have to leave that in the order of God's business. What he has revealed to us in his word is what he wants us to know. The mysteries of his providence, we don't know. Now, maybe sometime later on when we have hindsight, which is always 2020, we will understand a little bit more. But there are many things in providence that uh, God acts and reacts in, and uh, it's mysterious to us. I can't understand these, uh, an awful lot of things. It's just like the doctrine of election which is so basic in God's word, how God has chosen a few people from Adam's race to give them eternal life. And that always brings up a lot of opposition. People are going to say, well, it's not fair that God should give some and not others. Listen, it's not fair that God should save any. All are under the same condemnation, all are sinners and all deserve to go to hell according to God's rules, according to the commandments. If you sin, you're headed for hell. It's as simple as that, according to God's word. Man doesn't like it. Man didn't write God's word. Uh, this whole thing was uh, uh, given by God's Holy Spirit to, to godly men, but uh, it wasn't man's idea, this idea of salvation. But God did choose a few, and he gave them to Christ back in eternity. He knows everyone by name, and he knows that they were going to be sinners. The doctrine of the fall of man, uh, as we had a, a wonderful federal head, a very, very intelligent and holy person called Adam, and uh, the fall of Adam, as simple as it seems, was very, very instructive to us is knowing that God does not permit disobedience. His law must be kept perfectly or the punishment involved in it is going to take place. And 
Adam didn't have a whole bunch of restrictions. Um, they didn't have ten commandments. He had one. Just don't eat of this one particular tree. And of course, that's the one he ends up uh, snacking on anyhow. So uh, we just want to tell you that we survived the hurricanes wonderfully well. God has watched over us. We're still alive and we waiting for the next one with it's next year or next week or next month uh, to see how God will deliver. I had uh, told everybody uh, that we will have service tonight at 5 o'clock and uh, so now we will read Isaiah 40 starting with verse 21. Have ye not known? Have ye not heard? Had it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in, that bringeth the princes to nothing, he makes the judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stock shall not take root in the earth. And he shall also blow upon them, and they shall wither. And the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. To whom then will you liken me, or shall I be equal? saith the Holy One, lift up your eyes on high. And behold, who hath created these things? that bringeth out their hosts by number. And he calleth them all by names by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Oh, why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, and there's no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not be faint. Let's bow our heads. Father, what a wonderful portion of thy word. And with the little understanding that we have, it's just wonderful to us. But I'm sure there's so much that we, we don't get, that we can't perceive. The depth of thy word we never will perceive as long as we're in these bodies. But we praise you for thy word and for the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the subject, who is the creator mentioned in this word, who is the redeemer of God's people. Just We just ask thy spirit to teach our hearts this morning. We ask in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. So if we go back to verse 21, God asks a question. Hmm. He says, have you heard? 
Have you not known? Have you not heard that the all-powerful, all-wise, ever-present God created the heavens and the earth? To give you a clue as to the being of God, the earth is compared to a basketball and all the people as swarms of grasshoppers. See, we read that in verse 22. But when God says in that first 21st verse, have you not heard, do you understand how important it is to hear? Let's see what the Bible says about hearing. Turn to Romans 10, look at verse 14. Romans 10 and verse 14 How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah saith, Lord... Who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So our Lord says, have you not heard? And then when we talk about creation, uh, do you understand this past hurricane we just had? We, we watched this hurricane Ike go into Texas. And it was such a huge storm. This is way over in Texas, and we're feeling the wind blowing 50 miles an hour all day long over here in our part of Louisiana. This is God's hand. This is just showing a little bit of God's might. And I didn't hear very many people even mentioning that he was in this storm. But turn to Psalm 104, look at verse 1. Psalm 104 and verse 1. Psalm 104, verse 1 through 7. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God. Thou art very great, thou art clothed with honor and majesty. Who covers thyself with light as with a garment? Who stretcheth out the heavens like a curtain? Who layeth the beams of his chambers in the waters? Who maketh the clouds his chariot? Who walketh upon the wings of the wind? Wow. Do you understand God is in every little breath of wind? He controls every bit of it. The bit that even took the shingles off of our roof. God controlled it to the fact that the roof didn't come off. Other people lost their roofs. Just down the road here, less than a mile away, there's a big church called the First Baptist Church of Bray. It has its huge steeple laying on top of a part of the roof and half of the roof is tore off it's right down through the wood uh, the whole thing is open to the, to the weather 
I had a thought, and it really does not uh, imply anything at all concerning these two churches, but uh, we have a little steeple out here in ours, and it's standing there just as proud as can be. It's just a little steeple on top of the sign called Truth Baptist Church. But you remember when the Ark of God was taken captive by the Philistines and they put the Ark of God in the uh, temple where the uh, idol of Baal was? And it said in the morning they found Baal lying on the floor and the Ark standing there. And then they put him back up and the next day his head was off and his feet and hands and his hands were off. Uh, that's just the way it is. God takes care of his own. Well, to give you a clue as to the being of God, the earth is compared to a basketball, and the people are like swarms of grasshoppers. We read that. Now, insignificant, all alike here for a short time, what do they do? They mate and they die. It's humans and grasshoppers. New swarms are born, bothersome pests. But there's another question coming up. Have you not been told from the beginning? Well, let's look at that scripture one more time. Isaiah 40, verse 21. Have you not been told from the beginning? Well, what beginning are we talking about? Well, as far as we can go back, it's to Adam and Eve, to the creation of the world. Well, from God walking and talking with Adam, didn't Adam tell us kids? Didn't uh, God always have a witness on earth? And then how about the earth itself? Where did it come from? Where did matter come from? Why is this earth laced with treasures beneath its surface, veins of gold and silver? with the diamonds and precious stones scattered throughout the earth, delicious fountains of water for our need and pleasure, endless lakes of gas and oil for our profit, all from beneath the surface of the earth. The very fact that what you see should make you a believer. Look at Romans 1 and verse 20. Romans 1 and verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Nobody walking on the surface of the earth is without excuse as far as acknowledging God who made all things. Now, in God's eyes, it leaves unbelievers without an excuse. Well, I'll go back to Isaiah 40 and uh, verse 22, where it mentions he stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain. Well, let's read verse 22. Is he that it sitteth on the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers? that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain 
You see, our God covers himself with this curtain and covers the earth with it also. That vast expanse, so unmeasurable by man, is described as a mattress cover, stretched out to fit around all the corners. Stretched out is mentioned many times regarding the creation of the heavens. Let's just look at a couple of them. Look at Psalm 104, verse 2. Psalm 104, verse 2. Who covereth thyself with light as with a garment, who stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain. Now, notice this same expression, stretcheth out the heavens, okay? Look at Isaiah 42, verse 5. Isaiah 42 and verse 5. Thus saith God the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretcheth them out. <laughs> he that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it. He that giveth breath unto the people upon it and spirit to them that walk therein. All right, stand on Isaiah. Go a couple pages to your right. Isaiah 44 and verse 24. Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, and spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. Alright, let's look at Isaiah 45, 12, the next page, turn one page to your right, 12th verse, I have made the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens, and all their hosts have I commanded. Do you understand? We're talking about everything in space. All the heavens, containing all the stars. Stars are so immense and so distant that you can't even measure them. And God said, I just merely stretched them out. I stretched them out. <laughs> oh, and all their hosts have I commanded. You know, some of the planets have moons that go around in one direction, and then they have, and that same planet will have a moon that goes in the opposite direction. And uh, that's just the way God made it. And nothing has evolved, nothing has just happened by itself. God has put it there and commanded it to do exactly what he wanted it to. This is so much fun. Look at uh, Jeremiah 10 and verse 12. We're going to go to another book to show you that this thing about stretching out the heavens is just exactly how God has always done it. Jeremiah 10 verse 12, He hath made the earth by his power. He hath established the world by his wisdom and has stretched out the heavens by his discretion. Well, here's one more. It's in Zechariah 12 and verse 1. Zechariah 12 and verse 1. And that's uh, going to be on page 1392. 
The burden of the word of the Lord for Israel, saith the Lord, stretcheth forth the heavens, and layeth the foundation of the earth, and formeth the spirit of man within him. So, time and time again, it speaks about God stretching out the heavens. Is it any wonder they do not want this Bible in our public school system? When they are teaching no creator, nothing's created, that everything just happened by evolution and it's gotten better and better. I want to tell you, every system in the world gets worse and worse, but um, our Bible is wonderful. God gives his people wonderful direction and instruction. God spreads the heavens as easily as a man can pitch a tent. Oh, where is that come? Well, that's verse 22 also. It said, And he stretched out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. The great men of earth, kings, rulers, nobles, our God brings to the dust. All their purposes, schemes, and counsels come to nothing. And so also their countries become nothing. And you can see why. As they become strong and forceful in the world, they fall apart inside by corruption of morals and pride. And it's the Lord's way to bring these things to come to pass. Now, once there were Christians in Rome because Paul wrote to them, and he was a prisoner in Rome and wrote from them. But now, it's the seat of the largest cult in the world, and all the world calls them Christians when they are really anti-Christ. Their image and idol worshipers who follow men pretending to be priests. Now, the priesthood, now mind you, Everybody's familiar with the word priest and see priest. They know there's priests all over the world. The priesthood was done away when the veil of the temple in Jerusalem was torn from the top to the bottom without being touched by human hands. You want to see that take place? Let's go to Matthew 27, verse 51. Matthew 27 and 51 Matthew 27, 51. Well, in verse 50, this is when the Lord lets his spirit depart. And Jesus, when he cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. The earth did wake and the rocks rent. And the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. See, this happens to be talking about the first fruits of the resurrection. Just the first fruits. See, they didn't arise when he died. They arose out of the graves. The graves were open. But they didn't come out of the graves until the resurrection. Look, at, and they came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared in the many. Now, the reason why I read this was to tell you that organized religion with a priesthood was over with. 
There is no organized, sanctioned religion with a priest now on earth. The Lord Jesus Christ is our great high priest. When that veil of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom, it opened up the Holy of Holies, showing that the Lord Jesus Christ is now our entrance into the holy place. There's no organized, sanctioned religion on earth that has a priesthood. The priests that you see are only pretenders, though they're very serious. They're not pretending, but they are in a pretentious religion that does nothing for anybody. Our Lord Jesus Christ is our great high priest, and he says, just come to me. Come to me if you need rest. Come to me if you need your sins forgiven. He said, you come to me, I won't cast you out. I certainly won't cast you out if you just come to me. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that you should come to a priest, a man, or any other human being except come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I, we read that this curtain was torn. Uh, what hands did this? I, I can tell you whose hands did this. Let's just go to Daniel 5 and look at verse 5. Daniel 5 and verse 5. Daniel 5 will be on page, uh, let me show you. On uh, page 1311. 1311, Daniel 5 and verse 5. Here's a pair of hands that appeared out of nowhere that was led to the death of the king of Babylon. And at the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and ruled over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his loins were loose, and his knees smote one and what was he scared? And rightly so, because he was about to die. Well, let's go back to Isaiah 40, where our text is. Isaiah 40, in verses 23 and 24. That brings the princes to nothing, he maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted, yea, they shall not be sung, yea, their stock shall not take root in the earth. And he shall also grow upon them, and they shall wither, and the whirlwind shall take them away as double. Oh, what are we talking about? We're talking about the feebleness, the weakness, and the littleness of the greatest of men. And how the Spirit of God, all the Spirit of God has to do is to blow on them and uh, their, their history, they're taken away. Their power then, their kingdoms, their families, all they become merely is a name in history. So when all the famous and greats are done away, God says in verse 25, to whom then will you liken me? Isn't that interesting? Who can you compare God to? Especially since he is a holy one. 
That word holy is the great gulf fixed between God and man. Only our Lord Jesus Christ is the only one to bridge that gulf and to make a way to God. Look at John 14 and verse 6. John 14, 6. Page 1583, verse 6, Jesus saith unto him, this is to Thomas, he says, I am the way, truth, and the life. And no, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. What does that eliminate? Well, it eliminates any leader of any other religion, regardless of who they are. Could it be Buddha? Could it be Mohammed? Could it be anybody? Confucius? Just name them. It's not going to help. It's not going to do you any good. Well, Aren't there just millions and millions and millions of people who are Muslims that don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Yeah, there sure are. What are they going to do? They aren't going to do anything. They're going to go straight to hell when we're breathing. Why is that? Our Lord said, man, come unto the Father, but I mean, you've got to get to the Father. You sinned against him, and he's opened the way through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the acceptable sacrifice to the Father. Our Lord knew he was going to give his life in his blood, and that's why I said, No man cometh unto the Father, and what by me? All right, let's look at verse 26 in Isaiah 40. Isaiah 26. Oh, this is great. Lift up your eyes on high. You mean, not now in the daytime, in the middle of the night. Lift up your eyes on high. Behold, who hath created these things that bringeth out their host by number? He calls them all by names. <laughs> Pins of stars, every individual star he calls by name. By the greatness of his might. Yeah, yeah. that's the God's great, mighty intelligence. For that he is strong in power, not one faileth. He's created all them stars. He keeps them twinkling, and he keeps any collisions in space from happening. How can... I can't comprehend it. Our God is so great, I can't comprehend him. I can read about his majesty, read about his might, read about his glory, but I can't comprehend it. I believe it. This is my father. This is the one who has loved me from eternity. If you're a believer, he has loved you from eternity. This mighty, majestic God is ours. And what did you do to deserve it? Nothing. Not a thing at all. We all deserve hell because we're sinners. We deserve to go to hell because we've broken God's law. But what? He's loved us. In spite of us, he has set his love upon those that he intends to give eternal life to. He put them under a gospel. He gives them a book. 
And in the book, he says, I've loved thee in everlasting love. Oh, that's beautiful. And then when he says, if you just come to me, I don't care how sinful you are, how bad you are, what religion you've been, what you're up to now, if you don't come to me, I won't cast you away. I won't cast you out. But I'll receive you with my everlasting arms underneath you. Wow. Let's see where we are here. There's not one of us who hasn't observed the sky on a clear night and saw the heaven blanketed with a million sparkling diamonds. That's what the stars look like. I remember as a little boy being told that the accumulated masses of light that you could see in the sky at time was called the Milky Way. Now, the northern skies seem to show the stars a lot brighter than southern skies. I don't know why that is, but I have observed both of them. And uh, we were also taught that each star is larger than the sun. And no one has actually counted them. But God says he's given a name to every one of them. It's estimated to be many stars. Well, the one who spoke them into existence gave each one a name. Imagine the size of the book of the stars' names. I feel it's the same size as the Lamb's book of life. Where do I get that from? Well, let's look at Psalm 147 and verses 3 and 4. Psalm 147, 3 and 4. He healed uh, page 970. Psalm 147, verse 3. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth their wounds. So this is God saving sinners. He telleth the number of the stars, he called them all by their names. Now, why the change in the subject? Why such a, a dramatic change in, uh, in what he's talking about? Unless he's trying to tie it together. Maybe those that he heals in a broken heart, he gathers up their wounds. Maybe they are the same number as the stars. Maybe he calls them all by name. I don't know if he calls the elect by name. Maybe he calls all the stars by name that don't have anything to do with redemption, who are merely spoken into existence, whereas our salvation had to do with the Lord Jesus Christ becoming one of us, suffering, bleeding, dying, keeping the law perfectly, giving his blood for our redemptive price. If he calls the stars by name, we know he calls his people by name. It's possible. It's the same number as the stars. I don't know. I, uh, I always like to think about that. Uh... These two verses 
being together, first the number of those he saves, and then the number of the stars. He knows the count of both. And it says again, he calls all the stars by name. And certainly he calls all the saints by name. How do we know that? Well, look at Revelation 13, verse 8. Revelation 13 and verse 8. On page 1822. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. Now, this isn't talking about Christ. It's talking about the Antichrist whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb. Now we're talking about Christ. There's names written in the book of life of the Lamb. And it says he was slain from the foundation of the world, meaning in God's mind. But the fact mentioning names in the Lamb's book of life, that's what we're talking about. He calls all the stars by name, so he calls all the saints by name. So, the same power that keeps the perfect order in space is the same power that keeps a believer from falling. Look at Matthew 28:18. Matthew 28:18. And I think we better close it down or people are going to get aggravated because I've finished the message and I hope I got it all on tape this time. Matthew 28:18 says, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth as a human being in a body. You see, God had that, has always had all power in heaven and earth. But as a person, he didn't until our salvation was accomplished, was fulfilled. As a person, the God-man, is all power in heaven and earth. Well, let's go to one more scripture and then we're done. Okay, John 10, verse 28, page 1576. Just want you to know this one. This will send your...